Have you been banned in Britain? I don't think I have yet, but it's always good to have goals. Welcome back to Spatular Extremities, everyone. Now, while I am working on the review of Asian Trash Cinema, I decided to do a few bonus episodes, and the first one is going to be on a strange little fanzine called Band in Britain. Now, Band in Britain has a couple of very distinguishing characteristics, the first of which is... It may be the only British horror fanzine that was produced in Denmark. And second, it has a decade-long circulation, but only two issues. As to the first, a uh, young man named Jack Jensen, and I realize that that's probably not how you pronounce it in uh, Danish, but that's probably how the British would pronounce it. Anyway, Mr. Jensen spent three years in London, and one night while he was there, he went to an all-night Night of the Living Dead film festival. And this would have been in the early 90s, and this, this included, at the time, all of the George Romero dead films and Return of the Living Dead, and I think a few others. And apparently, at that point, he became really into horror and really into the whole British horror fanzine scene. So when he went back to Denmark, he created this little zine called Band in Britain. Now, he also produced a zine called Stay Sick. And I would have done a review of Stay Sick because there are a few more issues than uh, than banned in Britain, but Stay Sick is in Danish, and you're just gonna have to forgive my Americanness on that. You know, unfortunately, I just can't review zines that are in uh, languages other than English. Now, as to the second point, the first issue of Banned in Britain came out in 1994, and the next issue came out in 2004. So, our friend Mr. Jensen took quite a vacation. And for me, one of the most striking things about Band in Britain is looking at the 1994 issue in comparison with the 2004 issue in terms of just the, just the technology of the two. Now, the first issue in 1994 gives a co-editor credit to somebody named Pia Hansen. And what what Pia Hansen did is Pia Hansen was Jensen's friend who worked at a place with or worked at an office with a photocopier. Apparently Pia Hansen did not write anything in the magazine. She just allowed Jensen to photocopy <laughs> the uh, 150 issues that were released. And I will read something to you from the opening editorial here. 
It says, we aren't going to try, try and make no glossy mag, nor are we going to tell you about what's happening on the set of whatever new film that's being shot right now or whatever. If you want to know what's going on right now in the world of horror flicks, then you should rather spend your money on Samhain. They do the news stuff much better than we, we'd ever do. But if you're tired of reading endless reviews of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 37, and if watching splatter cult trash Hong Kong bloodshed flicks is your idea of having a good time, and if you've watched The Evil Dead 2 at least 13 times, and you're always trying to find them nasties you still haven't got, then this mag might just be the right one for you, mate. And this issue is made up of a number of movie reviews, a handful of zine reviews, and a couple of television reviews. But what is really cool, and what kinda shows the age of the zine, is that there is a section that provides the address for retail shops that carry hard-to-find items. And this is where the title, Banned in Britain, comes into play. Because back in the 90s, there were certain titles that were very hard to find, especially uncut because they fell under UK censorship laws. But there were other parts of Europe where it was easier to get things like that uncensored. Because remember, back in 1994, the internet definitely existed, but not everyone had it. It wasn't ubiquitous like it is now. You couldn't just take your phone out of your pocket and order Buried Alive. So a lot of the movies that Band in Britain reviews are movies that, at least in their full uncut version, were either unavailable in Britain or they were just really hard to find. And then, as an added service, he tells you where to get them. Now, the other thing that really makes this first issue interesting is the style. Abandoned Britain, at least the first issue, has that old-school punk rock ransom note style where he took various blocks of text and cut them with a razor blade or whatever and then pasted it down onto something else. And then put pictures from various horror movies, put uh, pictures of advertisements, various little phrases. They're just kind of pasted all over the place. And I really like that look, A, just because I think it looks cool, but also just because it tells me that the person who put this thing together put it together with a lot of passion. This was something that Jensen loved and wanted to do. And then when he put it out there, he put, he put a, no, a no rights reserved on it so that anybody could just take this thing and photocopy it and then give it to their friends so that the thing could go as far as possible. Because remember, there were only 150 of these printed out. Now, as I was saying, in the intervening years, he put out Still Sick, and I, I think he put out a couple other zines too. But the second issue came out in 2004. And aside from having it still retains the no rights reserved, so people are free to take the material and copy it and do whatever they want with it. 
but the technology has taken a huge leap. And so the 2004 issue has some very good original artwork. It is very obviously put together on a word processor of some sort. Um, probably PageMaker or Publisher or one of those programs. And it just feels like a much more polished product. Now, Band in Britain has... It's billed as a horror magazine, but it's really more interested in gory films in general. And this second issue makes that a lot more clear. Jensen writes about pretty much any form of gory movie. And the second, the second issue even has an article on Slayer. So it still retains a lot of its original attitude, and I, I, the guy is obviously just really into this stuff. It, it's obviously quite... It's a, a hobby that borders on an obsession, and that makes for the best fanzines. That being said, it's really the formal aspects of the two separate issues that make this the most... or that are the most interesting things about uh, Abandoned Britain. It's really something to look at the two issues side by side and see how one made 10 years before is all put together by hand and just taped and glued and rigged up. And then the other one is put together on a word processor and looks all crisp and clean and perfect. And I suppose that if you're really into this kind of thing, if you're into horror movies and you're into zombies and you're into all of that good stuff, there are definitely going to be some movies in here that you haven't heard of that you might want to check out. And especially if you're a fan of these things and you're looking for some kind of a project to work on and you need some inspiration, I would say you, would, you could do worse than both issues. And especially if you're a little too young to remember the early 90s or to have been old enough to know what was going on, if you want to get an idea of what zines used to look like, I think this is a really good place to look and just see what they were all about. Because they were always very expensive to make, and nowadays it's, it's probably just cheaper to do it online. But I would say that Band in Britain is a nifty little piece of work, and it's it was obviously a labor of love. And so, eh, you know, give it a look. Have fun with it. And hell, if you want to steal stuff directly out of it, the guy's pretty much giving you permission to do so. So anyway, that is that. I do not know what the next review will be on. I'm thinking it might be the Florida punk zine uh, rodent cake. I'm trying to avoid making every episode about horror zines. It just so happens that there were so damn many of them in the 90s that you can't really swing a dead cat without running into like 10 of them. So thanks as always for listening and stay tuned. I will be back soon. Goodbye. Oh, and a couple more things before I forget. Uh, follow me on Twitter. That's at SpatularGene. That is at SpatularGene. The other thing is, aside from the podcasting platforms, I am up on YouTube and BitChute. But if you want to follow me on one of those, I would recommend BitChute. As of today, two of my three favorite YouTubers are migrated over there pretty much. 
So I think that's where I'm going to put my stuff from now on. So anyway, that's that. Have a good one.